0: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. Dallas Cowboys and maybe the game of the year, but even more unlikely, Dallas covered the spread and remained the only NFL team undefeated against the spread this season. Oh, the Braves are up 2-0 over the Dodgers right now. The Braves are nearly minus 200 to win the series. That means the Dodgers only have a 35 percent chance to advance. Monday Night Football. Bills are getting the dollar bills. They're up to minus six at Tennessee. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
1: This is straight out of Vegas. Vegas Strip. Here's R.J. Bell.
0: You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas. Live on a big aftermath Monday. Live on 225 FSR stations. Across this great great nation. A lot of action. A lot of action. And Mondays we got a new format. What are the squares saying? Which is code for wrong And what the Sharps are saying, and I think AJ and I might have a debate or two, sports bettors listen for the money, sports fans to know more than their buddies, he's the fan who beats the man, AJ Hoffman.
1: Thanks, RJ. Great to be here on a Monday. Plenty to discuss, but the Vegas lead on Monday is what are the squares saying today?
0: Let's make sure we inoculate the listeners away from some of these mistakes, some of these overreactions. Uh, I'm gonna start with the best team in the last couple of years, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're back. Everything's fine, and especially Mahomes. Oh, he—he <laughs> he was you know kind of off for a while, but Mahomes is back. Not true. Not true at all. If you look at, the, they were you know let's be candid. This is a team that was. Losing at halftime, and you could say what what difference does that make? They entered this game in a must-win mode. And to be so flat that you're losing at halftime against Washington, Ooh, I don't know. And then if you look at Mahomes, he's got a 51, he had QBR, which is well below average, or at least below average, for all quarterbacks, not just You know, the best of all time talent-wise, supposedly. And again, I like Mahomes, but I think there was some premature celebration for him being, like, better than Brady, you know, in his prime, Brady's prime, 67 at PFF, which is below average. So in a game in which you can't imagine that motivation would be the issue, in a game that they actually covered, which is a rare thing for them, Mahomes didn't look good, and he continued with the turnovers. So to me, hey, nice win. It helps you in the standings. But I got still big questions about why is Mahomes turning the ball over so much? Why is he playing so poorly?
1: Yeah, I asked Fezzik uh, when we did our pod on Wednesday what the odds were that Patrick Mahomes ends up throwing 20 interceptions this year. He said 1%. I think we may need to adjust. I think that... Or maybe bat phasic. Maybe I need the bat phasic because it's funny. You, you mentioned, oh, they're down at halftime. And normally with the with the Chiefs, you'd say, well, their defense just stunk. No, their offense was the problem in the first half. And they did figure something out in the second half, but... Again, Patrick Mahomes turning the ball over, that's what separated him from everybody else is he just doesn't do it. And now nine turnovers so far in 2021 through six games, that's more than any season outside his very first one full year.
0: So the squares are looking at the score, looking at the yards, because Mahomes had a lot of yards, yep. but by any, or any and all efficiency metrics, not a even good game for Mahomes in a place against a surprisingly bad defense in a must-win spot. These are the games that are supposed to be, you know, 23 out of 29 kind of games. It wasn't. Okay, number two, what are the squares saying? And these are two teams are getting this treatment. The Browns, what's wrong with them? They stink. And, you know, Balichek without Brady, they, uh, you see they're two and four? Wrong. Squares are being square. (laughs) All right. This is where close losses can hurt you is when the inevitable really bad loss happens. The Browns could have easily been undefeated. I think it's fair to say. I agree. agree. Okay. So if they're undefeated and they lose this game in a surprisingly impressive victory by Arizona, if the Browns lose this game... And they're undefeated prior. It's like, ah, it happens. They're basically the Rams at that point. With one really bad loss. Sure. And my point would be, who doesn't have a bad loss? I can think of, well, Arizona. And Dallas. In Dallas. And I think that's telling. But everyone else, even, you know. Uh, the I Bills mean, have one. Uh, well, yeah, they do. And they're con-
1: considered the best team in the league by by most.
0: I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, we'll see tonight. We'll talk we'll about it tonight. tonight. <laughs> but you're right. There's certainly a lot of people that look at the Bills as the best team. The more we see from KC, the more I think we've got to reevaluate a lot of these, hey, look how good they looked against KC. But the reality is that if the Browns had won those two, it should be like any other – You know, it's a bad loss, but it's one. But when you lose two close games – and now you're 3 and 3 the sense is uh-oh what's going on and baker is a different conversation and he didn't look good and i think he hasn't re- i think he's underperformed the entire year but i still believe that if you just count the close losses or close wins as half a win and then the only time you get a full win is if you have a clear victory and remember, one of the things we do is fourth quarter win share, which is we look at every play in the fourth quarter, look at the win percentage was projected, and then prorate it later, where the later points of the game are more important. And we'll tell you what was the chance of winning the game. And McKenzie, well, I got the win share right here. We don't need McKenzie. We'll let him calculate it, but we don't <laughs> need him to tell us. If you look, why don't you look up the Browns, though, um, Other than this game, what was their worst win share? All right. Tommy, you can put that up on the board when you got it. We're straight out of Vegas. And to me, I – well, let me ask you this. What's the Browns' second worst game? It, the, the
1: one that feels the worst to me is the Chiefs' loss because it felt like they should have won it, and they found. But, but I'm not talking to... about
0: worse about their emotions. I'm talking about worse as in like least impressive. I mean, there there isn't a second least impressive. Meaning, maybe it is the Chiefs, right? So if that's your second least impressive,
1: right? I mean, their their other two losses were close losses to the Chargers
0: and the Chiefs, who I think are still well above average. Yeah, no, for sure. So when your second worst loss is to the Chiefs. In Kansas City, in a game in which you probably should have won, it means you're playing pretty good. So let's not overreact. And if you look at New England, and this is going to sound funny, what was New England's second worst game of the year? Ooh.
1: I mean, they, they had. There a, isn't one. There isn't one. They, they had one bad, bad loss. And every everything else has looked pretty solid.
0: So if you say how many games have has New England been out of it, it'd be one against New Orleans. How it, many th- their
1: second worst performance is probably
0: almost losing to the
1: Texans. Yeah, and they won yeah, the game. Yeah, when you
0: win the game, it's <laughs> it's fair enough. So Browns had a twenty six percent win percentage in the fourth quarter against Kansas City and fifty three percent against the Chargers. So it really is a situation that they, the Kansas City, that win percentage looks smaller than people's gut feelings. But if you look at the whole game, that's a fourth quarter. You know, Cleveland looked good. And New England certainly has underperformed, no doubt. But if you really say, show me the games that show that the Pats stink, you've got one game, and that's it. That's it. You either won or you were very tight. So, let's not be square and overreact. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Next topic. Raiders don't miss Gruden. They're not going to miss Gruden. They win easily against the Broncos. Now, the 10-point, you might say, that doesn't seem so easy. But if you actually look, again, at the fourth-quarter win share, which, again, is saying, what was a real chance to win this game? Denver had... About a 1% chance.
1: They The Raiders dominated this game. It's a lot. The final score is a lot closer than
0: the game was. So, you might say, RJ, that, that's backing what the squares are saying. Yeah, look in the box score. 4-0 turnover margin. Four turnovers for Denver. Zero for the Raiders. And the odds of winning a game when you're down 4-0 in turnovers is less than 10%. And it, the fact they only won by 10 and you're up four-zero in turnovers, that actually feels like an underperformance. But let's not say that either because they did dominate some stats and such. But in general, very impressive from the Raiders. I'm not so sure what it means about them long term thoughts on that
1: i agree with what you're saying i think you could also look at the the broncos now and after that three game start the 3-0 start against the giants jags and jets now they've played the ravens steelers and raiders they're losing games maybe maybe people got too excited about what
0: denver was we have another we have another topic later in the show which is the squares are Obviously, right, or some variation of that, we'll call it. But yeah, there's going to be times that we can run through here and say, "Well, what are the squares saying, and, and are they correct?" Yeah, the Lions and the Texans are really bad, and sometimes <laughs> effort's going to make a difference, and sometimes it's not. Okay, and uh, Geno Smith is bad. Right? Bad at Squ- football. Squares, squares aren't. Listen, a broken clock is right twice a day. That's. Think about that. That's serious knowledge. Yeah. Well, nowadays, though, if a clock is broken, the digital will just be like blank. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> but it's never right. An old mechanical <laughs> clock broken is right twice a day. Okay. Um, oh, dolphins are struggling. Dolphins are struggling. Whereas they're saying that, and I think it's true too. Um, the sky's blue. Sky is blue. <laughs> okay. And finally, oh, Aaron Rodgers owns. Chicago? That
1: is, I think the Sharps and Squares agree that Aaron Rodgers owns Chicago.
0: So I agree <laughs> that the Broncos look too good. Now, the fact is, you were anti Bronco. Did you just want to ju- Did you want to just jump the segment so you could get in there like a dig on the Broncos? Yes. Okay. Every so, chance I get. So wouldn't you say Arizona maybe was the other team that you've been kind Arizona's of... Arizona's the other team I was, not I was as low quick, on. Not as quick on that one. Well, we just haven't gotten to discuss oh, them yet. Oh, all right. So let's do this. <laughs> we'll take our first break. When we come back, we're going to finish up, if A.J. lets me, what the Squares are saying, and they're wrong... Then we're going to go into what the sharps are saying. And that's right, and not many people are saying it. That's why you got to hear it. And he's RJ
1: Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas!
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. In just a minute, we're gonna see what the sharps are saying, but first we've got to wrap up what the squares are saying after this week six, RJ.
0: Yes, and quickly, as we said earlier, the squares are saying Mahomes is back, no. Browns stink, no. Patriots stink, no. Raiders don't miss Gruden. Eh, 4-0 and turnovers. Nothing to do with the coach there necessarily. So we'll see. I think him on the offensive coordinating side is uh, still going to be a big loss. Uh, last, what the squares are saying is, uh Daniel Jones, I told you so. There's a horrible quarterback. What a bad draft choice. Here's what I know. We predicted it that – Daniel Jones, in his processing, is not fast. And thus, if he has a chance to sit back and throw unmolested, he's a mighty good quarterback. If he doesn't, he drops off in a significant way. But how quickly you can throw the ball has a lot to do with, are you unmolested or not? So is it a dirty pocket? Is it a clean pocket? I believe that when you have a concussion, oftentimes you're not thinking quite as quickly. And I think we saw it was like the worst of Daniel Jones. where What was it? Three interceptions, a fumble, which has been a huge... It's almost like everything that he has avoided this year, he got struck by or or, or he allowed to happen. And I don't think him toughing it out and playing... On a borderline off a concussion, he could have easily said, you know, I got a little headache. I give the guy credit for playing, but he should not be playing with a concussion.
1: Agreed. And you also saw him have three rushing attempts, which is very low for Daniel Jones. They had to change the way they played that game. And I don't know if telling the Rams, hey, Daniel Jones isn't going to run – Pin your ears back and tee off on him. I don't think that was the best strategy either.
0: That's it. No, was that a tweet that, that the Giants put out and said that? No, but when you, after two, you know, after but two and a half you, quarters you, and he hasn't you run yet, if you don't want to run him, what do you do? You, you start a different quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who's the backup there? Uh, Mike Glennon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been the same result. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is Daniel Jones wouldn't have suffered four sacks. Picked off three times, lost a fumble, Uh, but this is not, I told you so, this is the aberration. The rest of the season's been, you know, overall outstanding, outstanding for Daniel Jones. We'll see. We'll see if this is the aberration. Okay. In just a minute, we're going to go to what the Sharps are saying, which is money, green, correct. (laughs) This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. It's because of you spreading the word and such. And we'll keep working extra hard to tell you about Daniel Jones and his mental acuity based upon his concussion status and various other insights you can only get here. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas, here in Vegas on the Strip. 62 degrees the neon is flowing all right rj
1: you're considered the sharpest of the sharp out there what 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 do you and your brethren what are you guys saying after this week
0: i'm going to start with the chargers because you love the chargers you, you, you I, I do. A, you, you re, I mean, I. I hope you haven't thrown away that bobblehead. Of
1: I felt like they cheated on me this week, but I
0: still love it. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> they though they could win a Super Bowl, and I still believe that. A lot of what they've been doing has been about fourth down, third down conversions, and fourth down conversions. So think about it; it's called a high leverage situation. So. It's third and three on the three, so this is red zone, but similar concept. If you complete the pass, it's seven points. You don't complete the pass, it's three points. That is effectively a four-point play. Now, what play during any normal drive is ever going to be that big of a play? But if it's second and 10 and you get zero yards, an unsuccessful play, okay, on the fifty. But if it's third and two and you get one yard unsuccessful, that's much worse. So later in the downs, obviously, the, the stakes go up. And if you are doing much, much better on third down or end or fourth down than you do the other downs, it rarely, if ever, lasts. Because it's two different samples. And you know what? Sometimes, small samples, it can just get lucky. I mean... The uh, Chargers were, was it eight for eight on fourth downs? They, they did from uh, snap from scrimmage. Yes. They had a fake punt that failed, but OK. They were one for four. All right, so that's literally three possessions of the game ended because they didn't convert a fourth down that the rest of the season they've converted all of them, which is irrational. So I think the Chargers aren't as good as they seemed. But they're not as bad as they are here because you should convert two or three of the four. I mean, probably more towards two. uh, When you only do one, hey, that's a whole possession. And obviously, the Ravens did a lot of things right.
1: Defensively, especially. This is the second worst QBR game of Justin Herbert's career. The, The worst being last year against the Patriots, a rookie QB against the Patriots. They lost that game 45 to nothing. But the Ravens just presented a lot of things that Justin Herbert, had either hadn't seen or wasn't comfortable with they made him uncomfortable all day and you've mentioned this about the chargers before a team that welcomes other teams to run against them well the the ravens did that they did they didn't need lamar jackson to go out there and have one of these you know 280 yard games that he's been having they just did old school raven stuff and just dominated this game
0: No doubt. And the Ravens are going to be in our big questions because there's not always a clear answer, and I think there's about two big questions this week we've got to answer. Okay, so Chargers aren't as bad as they seem, not as good as they seemed earlier in the season, fourth down conversions being a big part of it. Number two, the Dallas Cowboys are really, really good. You might say, RJ, everyone thinks that. Yeah, but usually the public overreacts to Dallas, Usually the public overreacts to a good start to the season, but here's why I think at least proof positive of how good Dallas is is what is Dallas's worst game. Now, I'm not talking about their second worst game because we've been doing it for we've been dismissing, you know, oh Green Bay had that horrible game against New Orleans and uh, Bills against the Steelers. And we can go down, you know, Ravens against the lines, you could say, right? Obviously. I mean, because that was probably the worst. Yeah. Even though they won. What's Dallas's worst game?
1: L- losing opening night at Tampa.
0: Wait, you go into the defending <laughs> Super Bowl. I mean, you'd have to say, I mean, that was their one loss.
1: The only other game – well, listen, this game went to overtime. I don't feel like the Cowboys –
0: Yeah, but the Cowboys pretty much dominated.
1: I felt that way as well. The only other game that they haven't really felt like they were in control of the entire time was at the Chargers, and they won that game in overtime as well. And and listen, they've they've not had many moments of doubt this season.
0: So the only teams – you know, so what we would say is Arizona, who's undefeated – their worst game was against Washington, or I'm to check Minnesota. that, against Minnesota. Field goal could have beat them. Okay. I would make the case that's worse, even though they they have zero losses, than Dallas is worse, which is going into Tampa. And I think Dallas losing in the last 20 seconds to Tampa is more impressive than Arizona beating uh, Minnesota on a – Missed field goal by Minnesota. Agreed. So you could make the case that Dallas has the most unblemished, not just losses, but performance record this year. That's why they're unbeaten against the spread. Well. Uh, the great equalizer, as you call it. That's a good point. So that's interesting. What, what, what spread? Mackenzie, what was the closest Dallas went to losing the spread? So they they covered handily against Tampa. I I guess if you think of the Chargers, they won, they were getting three and a half. So, what was their smallest ATS margin? Sunday,
1: yesterday, there was a two-points ATS margin. Okay. Before that was uh, week four at Carolina, covered the spread by three and a half points, winning by eight.
0: Okay. If you think about it, though, and let's give Dallas credit, but if you had a ticket of New England plus three and a half, (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, if you want to understand why bookies when they start complaining about stuff you know they just should it's almost like they should be disqualified I don't even know what that you know cancelled because (laughs) it's like if you're a player and you had New England
1: once the Patriots get the ball in overtime and don't score you're like, huh? Oh, well, if you got a Cowboys ticket, you're screwed because the Cowboys are just going to go down, kick yeah. a cheap shot field goal, and Patriots backers are going to cover.
0: I mean, with nope. McCarthy, it might be a 60 yarder, even. <laughs> you know, kneel it out. But I'll tell you this if you watched the end of that game, which was one of the most amazing, how they got to overtime, like at a certain point, you could have said, well, getting three and a half, I don't see, because it was a one point game. Like, with what, three minutes left? How does a one-point game get to overtime with, like, three minutes? I don't think I've ever seen that. Have you? I don't know that I have either now. <laughs> so, and if they don't get to overtime, it's almost impossible for you to lose anyway. Yep. So, it was like, oh, my gosh. You know, tomorrow, I'm going to look into it. What was the ATS percentage chance for... New England. It had to be over 90% throughout the fourth.
1: I saw the Superbook uh, Twitter account tweeted out the reaction of people in the book after. I don't think the Superbook was as thrilled as the people sitting in the sportsbook were about the Dallas
0: Cowboys (laughs) hitting that touchdown. All right. So, Dallas, though a lot of batters, especially with their undefeated, though the money came in on New England, the undefeated ATS. That was me getting lucky with Dallas. Oh, my gosh.
1: The first time I've beat Fez in a bet all year. That's what it took.
0: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) In the NFL. In the NFL. All right. That's Fez's specialty. Um, Last, what the Sharps are saying. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. (sighs) Sam Darnold. Now, listen. I could be taking my victory laps at this point. I mean, he looks worse than he did at the Jets. I What was his QBR. One, one second. Get yeah, that. take a minute with that. Um, but I've got some insight that actually mitigates it just a little bit, mitigates the, the shame of the performance. And I think what we're seeing here is McCaffrey, who everyone knows he's a good running back, but a lot of people say running backs are not as valuable as people think. Don't take them in the first round. Running backs don't matter. That's what the analytics gurus say. But I think for Darnold, having a security blanket, a check down that he could trust, that he could think this isn't just a wasted play, even if we're behind, get it to McCaffrey, it prevented him from making a lot of those atrocious throws that he just tends to do. When he forces the ball, it is bad. And by the way, QBR for week six, so yesterday, 33
1: and I think that got boosted with about five minutes to go in the fourth. I mean, it was it was
0: dreadful at one point. So, in general, we could say, oh, Sam Darnold. My name is Casper. But we won't. Well, we did. But we won't <laughs> only. What we'll do is say, hey, he needs a security blanket. And you know what? Linus did, too. <laughs> right? So, I don't know. I just know that... Oh, I don't hear quite as much from the Sam Darnold contingent.
1: No. In fact, yesterday on, on Twitter.com, most Jets fans were celebrating getting anything in return for Sam Darnold because. Wait, is
0: that www.twitter.com? That's the same one. Okay. Okay. I'm familiar. HTTP <laughs> slash. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's a backslash. That's <laughs> AJ Hoffman. I'm RJ Bell. Straight out of Vegas. Okay. But the point is, I do believe that Darnold, in the perfect context, can be the 24th best quarterback. Why you would trade for him, and I can take the trade, but picking up that fifth-year option is one of the dumbest things. I've been on air. How many times have I said that, McKenzie? You said that 17 times by my count on this show. Yeah, and I've been right every time. (laughs) It was insane. Can you defend that?
1: I, the only way I think you can defend it is by saying, "Well, he was gonna. We were giving up these assets to get him. We want to make sure we at least get a, a fair look at what we traded for." It's
0: good. I think you've done got the look. And you've I think got so a whole, too. More than half a season, <laughs> and then you're going to have a whole new season. He's going to be like twenty four million next year. Yeah,
1: and and you're still paying Ted, Ted Bridgewater's contract. Why in the world would you? Like if he had a great year, pay the guy. Well, it's funny because you think of you know the, the Panthers owner is a really really smart yep. guy, but he's made some really questionable decisions. Well, I don't decisions. think he's making
0: these moves. I think what he's doing is he's telling the the, the uh, personnel people at Carolina, I don't want to wait. Be bold. Be aggressive. And this is the result. Not impressive. Okay, next we are going to have a crossfire. AJ on one side, and his position is wackadoo.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio. I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas. RJ Bell.
0: Did I hear that right? Jimbo Fisher says I have ranches yep. in Texas. Love hunting here. Yeah, but but multiple ranches. <laughs> Living a good life. <laughs> I've never heard someone say, I've got
1: ranches in the plural. Listen, these, Al- these Alabama wins, they pay well. You ever
0: hear, all hat, no cattle?
1: Yes. Hmm.
0: You put Jimbo in that category? Yes. Huh. That's A.J. Hoffman. I'm R.J. Bell. OK, here's our debate. And I got to be honest with you. I'm going to let you state your... I don't even want you to state your case. I want you to state your premise. I want you to state your thesis. What is your thesis, AJ?
1: My thesis is, despite the fact that the Arizona Cardinals are sitting at 6-0, they are not an elite football team. I know. And honestly, <laughs> here's what I've got to back that up. Go go ahead. <laughs> it, it's my preseason perception of them oh, mixed okay. with a little bit of eye test. Wait a I, and minute. Like, wait
0: a minute. So what you thought, even though it's been contradicted at every turn, yes, you still think it. yes, somehow you're still married. Somehow <laughs> she's hanging around. Go ahead. Uh,
1: I, I Again, this is this is not something that I can I can back up with numbers or analytics because so, they've, so they've
0: what are you backing before. it up with?
1: I just, it's just a feel. I feel like... All right, I, all right, all right, all right. I, I think they're... It's just a feel. I think they're a good team. I just don't think they're one of the five best teams in the league. Well, here's what I had to say.
0: It's going to make a sexy scar. <laughs> I think you should just keep betting against them.
1: No, oh, not this coming
0: week. Why? Houston Texans in town. They're not that good. Here's the thing. <laughs> Kyler, when he's healthy, and again, there was questions about that this week. He is elite at this point. now, is he going to be elite after he takes five more big hits? He doesn't take a lot of hits i don't know i I don't want to bet on a five foot eight quarterback. I think he's maybe a little taller, not much, but the guy does it, but I don't love them for the Super Bowl, but when they're healthy, this is an elite team i mean it's listen they had you love the Rams, you love the Rams, right. The Browns, you thought they could run all over them, right? So Tennessee can run, Arizona handled that. Browns can run, Arizona handled that. Where's the weakness at? All right, I'll let you think about
1: it. They are plus 30 points on turnovers for the season. Uh, Because they're fast.
0: (laughs) When we come back, we're going to have two things one, Monday Night Football, and I'm going to have, I'm undefeated, un freaking defeated in props. I'm going to give you one. And Dodgers, Braves series
1: update. That's coming up next. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm
0: R.J. Bell. We are straight out of
1: Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Let's take a look at the NLCS where the preseason and most of the season favorite L.A. Dodgers are now plus 170 to win the NLCS and advance to the World Series. The Braves minus 185
0: up 2 zero. Yeah. So about only about a 35 percent chance for the Dodgers. You've got to wonder how much of this is flat off that, you know, gut-wrenching victory over the Giants in that series. But in a way, that's what makes baseball so amazing is you go from one series to the next. And uh, I'm sure Major League Baseball is crossing her fingers. Dodgers are minus 170, big favorites in Game 3. That goes tomorrow. You had an interesting... Insight, something to look out for when it comes to Game Four's starter.
1: Yeah, Julio Urias pitched two innings in relief last night. In what the the Dodgers said, he was our best option at the time in a close game. We saw Max Scherzer pitch in relief in Game Five of that Giants uh, the Giants Dodgers series. He had to leave in the fifth inning; said he was tired. So now you've compromised the guy that was perhaps your Game Four starter. Mm. For those couple innings they needed in in
0: game two, I'm going to be interested because my gut feeling is they're going to look at that as like his throwing day because I don't think you pitch him two. I mean, it's one thing if you pitch him seven or eight because you needed to, but but you, you pitch him two, you don't burn a start for two innings. I don't think. Something well, to watch.
1: You, Dave Roberts, agrees with you. He says he doesn't think it will compromise his his performance in game four at all.
0: Okay, so he is going to start in game four. That that's still the plan. All right, that's going to be interesting to see if it does affect him. All right, I'm going to do my prop, but not right this second because everyone wants I'm undefeated. You are. Want to know? You didn't have to say that part. No, the truth is always profound. Undefeated is the truth. Set the game up. The Buffalo Bills
1: giving six points on the road at the Tennessee Titans, RJ.
0: Okay, so Bills, many people have them as the best team in the NFL. Their bye is next week. So the question is, they're off the biggest victory they've had with this group of players. I mean, it's probably the biggest victory since Marv Levy was the coach. And that wasn't the Super Bowl. But, you know, there's some big AFC championship (laughs) victories. And I don't think there's any real question in this game other than will the Bills be flat because they just had their game of the decade in a way. Their entire offseason, the Bills – was about beating Kansas City. Their roster construction, their schemes, it was about beating Kansas City. They got beat by Kansas City in the regular season last year, the Bills did. They got beat in the championship game. They didn't want that to continue. And it was a hell of a win, a hell of a win. Are they flat?
1: Well, besides Kansas City, only two other teams beat the Bills last year. Arizona beat them on the Hale-Murray play. And Tennessee stomped them on a Tuesday night after some COVID-related issues. That was one of the
0: least fair, most um, (sighs) compromised, or let's just say excusable losses of the season. The Bills were in a horrible spot. I talked about it all last year. And thus... Maybe they want revenge. Well, here's the question. How much does that refocus the Bills for revenge? And how much of that is a sign that the matchup favors Tennessee and thus getting six at home is a great bet? I guess that's the
1: big question. I feel like this Tennessee team defensively looks a lot like Kansas City does. And we saw the way the Bills exploited Kansas City's defense last week. I think we could be in for a similar thing. Obviously, the number's gotten... A little bit out of control here, but I I think the Bills are lined up. to. Out of control meaning what? Look ahead was two and a half, opened at four and a half. Now we're up to six. Uh, So across three and and pushing up towards a touchdown. Come on, baby, (laughs) $80,000.
0: Typically I would do my prop right now, but I'm feeling a little – I'm going to say, AJ, do the last read we have and let's make him wait for the prop. Okay.
1: If you're dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So, next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution and America's number one battery destination.
0: All right, call 1 800 pregame to get the prop. Oh, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> On a recorded live.
0: <laughs> I like this one a lot, actually. I'm kind of scared how much I like it. My best bet in the props is going to be rushing yards over Ryan Tannehill. Quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, Tennessee Titans, over 15 and a half yards. That's it. 15 and a half. Now think about this. He's had or Tennessee's two biggest games of the year, as in coming into the game, they thought this is a biggie. All right. Number one, or the second biggest would have been Seattle. Second game of the year going against Russell Wilson and off a loss. They entered that Arizona game as road favorites. So it was like, yeah, they wanted to win, but they didn't think this is some monster game. When they lost, it became more important. He had 27 yards rushing against Seattle, which is almost double, 15 and a half. Then the biggest game of the year, and it wasn't even close, is against the Colts, right? Rivals. The only other team that
1: has a chance to win that division.
0: That's fair to say. 56 yards rushing. That's much more than six or 15 and a half. (laughs) So think about this. Tannehill runs more. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, Titans were home in that game. They were three and a half. Um, Teams tend to run more, especially when they have running quarterbacks run more in the biggest games because every time you run, you're risking injury. But if the leverage is high enough, if the stakes are high enough, run, quarterback, run. We saw Josh Allen do it last week against Kansas City. Yes. So to me, this game on Monday night in front of the world as big home underdogs. I think you see Tannehill run at 15.5. Listen, he's averaged over that per game this year. He's averaged 26. And last year, he averaged 16.5. I don't know where they got this number. By the way, if you want to sprinkle a little something, First touchdown, Tannehill, 21-1, to put a tenth of a unit on that. If
1: you missed any of today's show, including a perfectly timed one-liner from RJ about backslashes, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!